So, on the count of three, here we go. They used to call me Easy D, Easy D, Easy D. And this is five easy questions. Five easy questions. It's showtime. I'm showtime all the way, baby. Turn the switch on. They used to call me Easy D, Easy D, Easy D, Easy D. This is Danny, Easy D, Dorman. Five easy questions. And man, this is what I love about this show is that I never know who I'm going to get. This next person literally spoke with him 45 minutes ago. And this is a busy cat. I haven't even gotten into who he is yet, but this is a busy cat. And the fact that he's taking time for me and my boy Casper, uh, let alone the fact that he remembers me. And let me tell you, that means a lot. I may have to cut that out in the edit, but that means a lot to me. I got to put it on tape. So let me introduce this man. He is a screenwriter, movie producer, technology developer at SMG Solar Music Group. He is the man behind, well, geez, I just said Solar Music Group. So that ought to just tell you all by itself, just how deep this man is in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, St. Charles. Hey, folks, how y'all doing out there? Man, brother, 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 uh, uh, let me tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm going to edit this part out too, but you got to send me some pictures so I can fill it in over here uh, for the video. This is going up on YouTube, so um, as well as the million plus listeners that are tuning in right now tired of hearing my voice. So let me just jump in to the first question. I asked your last name because I thought I knew about some of your family members. I've only known you as St. Charles. So let's start with your family. Give us a few of your family members and what they may or may not have done in their life. Okay, okay, no problem. Uh, uh, my nephew is E40, uh, D Shot, Be Legit, uh, Mac Mall, uh, Cousin T, we call him Cousin T. Uh, he had AWOL Records. And, uh, um, you know, and my other folks are into entertainment. I, my uh, uh, uncle name was uh, Slim Jenkins. And then also, uh, uh, he played with Dallas Cowboys. His name is Dennis Thurman. He was on Dallas Cowboys. Nate Thurman was the basketball player. And then we had Derek Thurman. He was with uh, Michigan. So, and then we had, we go all the way back to Bob Thurman who played with the Orioles. He was a pitcher back then. So we, we had, some, we, we got some folks that do entertainment, music, they, they do sports, wrestling. In fact, a couple of my uncles, they used to wrestle uh, bears back in the day. Uh, they put a muzzle on the bear and they he would wrestle the bear and he'd throw the bear. He oh, was a wow. big old guy. He was about 6'11", weighed 450 pounds. He was wow. throwing the bear. So that's 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 some of my folks. Uh, and, and that's good because my father, he was also a, a tap dancer for the Navy. He would get on the show and uh, uh, on the boat and tap dance and sing and stuff. So he was going around singing in different places. He had him a little singing uh, group. So, you know, we come from some entertainers and some sports people. Oh, and let me tell you, I, 
I've only known you as what it is we're getting ready to speak upon. And that is a very well-rounded amount of information that I have. What you just said was, uh, uh, it was mind-blowing, mind-blowing. So I better just <laughs> jump into question two, which is your participation in the music industry in, I'll actually go back to the 70s because you have a song or had a song out in 1976, Rock Me In Your Arms. <laughs> yeah, I did. You know, it goes, it goes further back than that. I had a song out in 19, um, actually 1970, 72. It was called uh, Turn It Over and Tickets for Doomsday. Those are the first records that I had. In fact, I, I record those records. Um, I wrote the songs and I had it on my, my uh, one of my labels and distribution company. It was called Thermal Blast Music. That's what I had um, the, um, the records on. And at that time I was using the name of Chucky Thurman. 1970, 1972, somewhere there, I was using Chucky Sermon. So if you looked on the internet, you'll see that that name I was using. And then I, I worked my way up to uh, doing records um, in, in 74 and kept working my way up and just doing records. Then I started doing records for the fun of it. But I, 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 you know, I started off in the church. I was a keyboard player in the church. I was played the drums the pianos but when i first started out playing in the church uh i was just banging stuff you know i was just a little kid probably about nine and i was just banging the drums and banging down on the piano and they were saying hey 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 little boy okay you're too loud stop blah, blah, blah. but I, I just kept working it and working it till i got pretty good uh with, with the keyboards and the bass guitar lead guitar the drums the congos so uh you know i kind of i kind of stuck with that and um, so what made me really go into, in fact, let me, let me go a little further. I was a, the first um, black owned record distributor in the, on the planet back at the age of 16, between 15 and 16. And I was distributing records, uh, 45 record vinyls to um, jukeboxes. So there were different jukeboxes. You go in a place, a restaurant store, whatever. They were playing the jukebox music. Even in the clubs, they were playing jukebox music. So you put your money in there. And uh, at that time, I believe it was about a quarter. Put your quarter in there, pick out the song you want to play. And, and there it was. And then after that, th then I came into the, the 74s where I was a, a radio promoter for country and western rock and R&B music. Hmm. So I was going around to the stations, uh, you know, visiting the program directors and music directors trying to get records played. And, and these were independent records. So I've always worked with independent people. So uh, when, when, when I um, took my first record down to Capitol Records, those guys, <laughs> man, they kicked me out of there. They said, oh, no, you can't come in here. And they was just dissing me, man. Oh, and, and, and I went to RCA, I went to a lot of the big labels. I said, you know what? I'm going to start my own thing. And then that's when I, I started uh, uh, Thermal Blast Music. Then I also started SMG Solar Music Group. 
And uh, in, in fact, SMG Solar Music Group, I have a partner there. He's a CEO now, and his name is Marvin Ruffin. He's doing a great job. He's a partner and, and the CEO of SMG Solar Music Group. His name is Marvin Ruffin. So give hats off to him. He's a great guy, man. Mm -hmm. But as I, as I begin to move in, into the distribution of things, I found out that uh, there were a lot of artists, independent artists, that didn't have a way to go. They they didn't know what to do, and you know they were looking for distribution. Well, even in today's music, you can look for distribution, but if you don't have any marketing, promotions, advertising, you know, guerrilla marketing out there, hustling it and 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 making things happen your record will be sitting in what I call a digital graveyard and your cover, your album cover is your headstone. You're going nowhere without marketing. So that's what made things great. So as, as I moved from the, the 1974s and I moved up into the 1980s, I realized that, okay, I can, I'm a distributor, but now I got to help these, these youngsters sell their records. And one of my other goals was I want to turn each one of these artists into a record label. I'm going to show them how to run the label. I'm going to show them how to get into distribution, how to market their record, how to really be an entrepreneur, how to be a real self-contained uh, owner and manager of their own uh, uh, record companies. So I, I took in a lot of records, probably about 150 records, maybe somewhere in the albums. And I turned all these guys into um, uh, their own record companies. I taught them how to get to publishing and, you know, the mechanicals. And I taught them the business part of it, basically. I said, here's the business part, because you, I don't want you guys with me all the time. I want you to get out and spread your wings. So I created a distribution system where we had worldwide distribution. So what would happen, I would send, you know, the promo records out and the CDs out to the different uh, stores and stuff, to big corporate companies. And I would say, hey, you know, here's some CDs. If you sell them, uh, you don't have to pay me. Just, 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 but next time you come through and you want to order them, you have to order them COD. So I created the first COD system. So everybody that was dealing with me on, on, on my distribution and marketing, they were getting COD. So if they brought me 50,000 records, they would get COD. So they would, they would make 50,000 records time $8 and you see what kind of money they were making. Yes, sir. So, 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 so as I moved forward, uh, then, then that's when I start picking up a lot of guys that, that had some, uh, extraordinary good talent, you know, uh, the, the E-40s, Master P, and, and you know, Sebo, he, he was real good, uh, Rapid Forte, and, and so many other ones that I picked up that had really good music, and they were determined guys. When they were determined, I was really willing to help them. Oh, no, dude, and you mentioned, and this is going to roll into question three, uh, how we met was when you used to come to you went to various record pools as well right um mm -hmm. and so including ours and right that hustle not just from you 
But the artist that you mentioned, and I'm going to roll into question three based on that. Just listening to you, and this part I really didn't know about your influence when you talk about Forte, 40, and so on and so on. Um, mm -hmm. You seem like you were in the forefront of West Coast Bay Area music. So the question is, am I right? Yes. Yes. See, see what we had, see, the, the, what, what happened was the Bay Area and, and, and also down south, they didn't have actually a distributor. Uh, and, and when I say that, I'm meaning that where they could get paid for their works, you know, because they, you know, they were doing the quarters would pay you, every quarter would pay you something, then they didn't pay them a lot. And I'm not knocking anybody, but that, that's where the distribution went. They say, okay, we're sending you out a check and it don't be all the money and then they'll send out another check and it doesn't be the, the amount that's owed. So, so what, what I did, I, I put together something that would get these guys paid and get them enthused about, do, you know, really uh, furthering their career. Right. So in the Bay Area, the Bay Area had nothing like that. I, my, my company, we were the ones that was bringing in these Bay Area guys and doing good works with it. We went all the way up to, we was in like Seattle, uh, we was in Washington, Oregon. We was even down in uh, um, uh, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, Florida. Uh, we were in a lot of places, New York. We were even over in Africa, overseas, you know? <laughs> so uh, a lot of people was hearing about what, what was happening, what we were doing to help the artists move their career forward and become a label. So people want to get on board and join. They want to get in there. See, I had I had deals with um, Ca Capital Records, EMI, in fact, that's what it was. They say, hey, we will give you a bunch of money and we want you to control these guys. And I turned it down. I said, no, these guys are gonna control themselves. They're gonna have their own label. And I'd be a sellout if I just came in and, and, and you guys bought these guys out and now they can't further their career because they, they, they're gonna owe money. They're gonna owe money. So any type of advancements that I would have got, these guys would have to owe money and, and, and have returns and all kinds of things going on in the administrative part. And, and I didn't wanna do that to them. I wanted them to be self-contained, self-operated, self-owned, and do their own thing. And that way they could bring in other people on their label. See, they have a label, so they see other artists. So they say, hey, come sign with us. And then, and then they move on like that. So the Bay Area was, was actually covered with a lot of talent, but there was no Moses in the game. See, there was no Moses to lead them out of captivity. And then I came along and became their Moses. St. Charles, that hey, man, uh, part in that, that green seat to allow <laughs> people to come through and, and really make something of themselves. That's why in my intro, I figure if you're in the Bay Area and you're an artist, before I even did the introduction, they already knew who I was talking about because there are very right. few 
Bay Area influencers um, in this game. Uh, the, the three that come to mind, you, Jay King, and uh, Tobin, Costa. Right. Those, those are the three. Uh, in, right. In your own way, you help propel and legitimize music from the Bay. Uh, right. Talk about the cutting edge stuff that your nephew did and mm -hmm. all, you know, the development of hyphy and all that stuff. Yeah, that seems more like what grew from the soil you laid out there. Right, exactly. Not really a question, but I I'm in all, dude. I, I really am in all. Question four. And you mentioned this in the beginning about um, an artist who does not market themselves. Now, my preamble before the question is, a lot of these artists today really don't know how to market themselves. They're great. Right. They can put nouns and verbs, adjectives and adverbs together. But right. when it comes to the business side, uh, mm -hmm. there's that challenge. Now, on the other side of that, and that's where um, the music business, uh, it's the business that they, they artists, get taken right. advantage of. So right. my question now is what advice, given this information age, because it doesn't really matter how the content's getting out there, the right. information and advice won't change. So what advice would you give to an up and coming artist? Well, they, they would have to follow the blueprint pattern that I laid out many, many years ago. You know, like when we went to the pros, you were there, uh, Casper was there, and and we would come and have meetings with you guys and present records to you and, you know, trying to get the DJs that were affiliated with the pros uh, to, to play it in the clubs and play it on the air. So it's, 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 it's the marching thing, it's the soldier thing, it's getting back on your feet and going out there and they need to meet people. They need to shake hands with people. They need to be in front of people that can help them, you know? And, and, and it just goes back to, uh, again, as I say, the foot soldier type of thing. And then getting in, uh, and once you get in, you have to be humble. Here's the key. You gotta be humble and can't be all lifted up because people that think they're something, they're really nothing. So when a person humbles himself and say, I'm going in and I'm going to be dumb and I'm going to be smart. Now, why am I going to be dumb? Because I'm going to learn something. And why am I going to be smart? Because I'm going to apply what I just, my dumb self just learned. So what they have to do nowadays in their marketing, they, they've, they're stuck on what we call the social network marketing, social media marketing. Okay, they're kind of stuck on that. And that's okay because when you look at the whole percentage of the marketing game, that pie is sliced up in a lot of different ways. It's just not the one whole pie trying to feed a lot of people. I tell people all the time, give me the crumbs and I'll make a cake. Just give me the crumbs, I will make a cake. So this is the thinking that they gotta have. They gotta have the thinking that this is my career and I gotta hustle this. So. What they do is they need to go and start talking to people that do editorials in the magazines, 
people, the bloggers, the influencers, just different uh, outlets that they can get in and, and make friends with these people and get some favor from these people. They need to do videos that make sense, not just a video with a bunch of guys jumping around, waving, uh, you know, signs, game signs or whatever they're doing in there. The video got to make sense. It got to be a story. What is your story? See, these guys don't have a story. All they know is I'm going to bang them up and boom, 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 whatever they do there. But if they're trying to make money, the game has not changed. The money game is still the same. It's just new players that don't know the game. So what happens if they get in on the administrative part of this and start hustling, and meeting people and, and, and going back to the, uh, following the blueprint that I laid out, that blueprint works every time because it was a money-making blueprint. Those who followed that blueprint that I laid out or the, the, the Bible that I laid out or the booklet or whatever that I laid out, those guys became millionaires. But the guys that got off the track start trying to go their way they didn't make it because you can't go the wrong way on a highway you can't go against the traffic you got to get in the traffic and follow and then you reach your destiny or you're going to bump into something this is even in life and in music you're going to bump into something that's going to destroy you so then 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 your career is gone and, and you have to be real, real careful who, who they hang around with. And they have to find their audience. They have to target their audience. You're not gonna send, let's take rap music. You're not gonna send rap music to an opera station where they're singing opera. They're not going to understand that. So, right. so some of these uh, people that are doing email blasts, they're, they're doing uh, uh, all these promotional blasts, they're just collected emails uh, where they just sent out, but it doesn't pertain to the audience that the creator or the artist or the record company is trying to reach. Right. You have to reach your market. Find out who's listening to what you've created, and then you can do better. Then you can get in and make nothing out of something. So you have to have that creative mind. So the guys today, if they get in, study their market. You have to study their market. They have to be like uh, in, in college. When you go to college, you pay a tuition. Okay, when you're out here trying to learn this, this music uh, industry, trying to learn the administrative part, you're paying a tuition. And the tuition that you're paying is the wins and the don't wins, the dumb and the smart, the wise and the stupid. So you're paying all these prices just so you can get where you need to go and you have to have you have to have a goal you have to know where you're going if you're just throwing stuff out in the market that's people that got uh 30 100 uh, whatever uh, uh, cds or 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 uh, downloaders or or stuff online and they're just flooding the market but i always tell them if i got an ink pen that never runs out of ink and I don't tell nobody, I'm the only one gonna be using that ink pen and I'm not gonna get paid. 
because I haven't told anyone of this great thing that I have, this great idea, this great product that I have. So I would, I would have to reach the people who use ink pens. See, I'm not going to uh, try to reach the people who use paintbrushes. I'm, I'm not going to look for the people who, who are carpenters. Uh, you know, I'm going to look for the people that use ink pens. Now, the people that use ink pens are more administrative people, secretaries, CEOs, oh, you know, on and on. And, and so when, when they find their market and they need to do market research, and then roll from there and be very persistent and humble and always thank God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I remember, and I'll make this a little short. I went up to Capitol Records, they called me up, they say, Saint, come up here, we're gonna fly you up. I'm around the round table beating. They say, Mr. St. Charles, can you tell us, how do you outsell us in this category? And we spend millions of dollars on promoting, you only spend three grand. Hmm. And then I, I stood up right in front of these are CEO roundtable people. <laughs> I mean, these are the big wits. I says, first of all, I've got this knowledge from God. I prayed. I said, Lord, give me wisdom and knowledge and understanding of the music business. I never went to school for this anything. God was my source. So I gave him the glory in front of all the people. And this is what they said, okay, all right, we know, but tell us how. I said, I just told you how, and I ain't taking that back. Some of these guys, new guys, they need to seek God. They need to say, hey, Lord, give me wisdom and knowledge. Now, now remember what God did. The house that we're living in came from the trees that God planted and made it. And what we did is borrow the trees and made a house. So that tells us that he has the knowledge. And, 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 and this is what it says in the scripture. It is the Lord thy God that giveth thee knowledge to get riches and wealth. If any of you lack knowledge, let him ask God who gives it liberally. See, so that's what these guys should do. They should do the research, get into the place where they need to be, find who their audience are, penetrate their audience, target their audience, and say, that's where I'm going, and know where they're going. Don't get in the car driving 200 miles an hour with some dark shades on, and plus you're blind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, I can think of two cats. Your nephew, obviously, but also Mac Ball. He took that blueprint and wrote a book about it, my opinion. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The cats who you help nurture and cultivate, the ones that are still in this game, they're still in the game. They yep. they're still in the game. And, and Master P. And then, oh no no no, I'm not shorting anybody. I those were just the right. two that came off my head. And yeah um, yeah, Mac 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 is one of my nephews too. Oh okay okay. I thought he, <laughs> I thought he was like I have a lot of stepchildren that just over the years and i thought i didn't know it was a blood relative right exactly what advice would you give to the 20 year old saint charles <laughs> that's a good one to the 20 year old saint charles this is advice i would give the 20 year old saint charles mr saint charles whatever you do Make sure you love what you're doing 
and make sure you get education and knowledge and wisdom in the things that you're trying to do. There are times when my mind just says, you can't end on a better statement than that. So I'm going to take my own advice. And I'm going to say, this has been Dan Easby Dorman, five easy questions with my mentor, St. Charles. Peace. Yes. They used to call me easy D, easy D, easy D, easy Well, that's it for this segment. I want to thank my guest. This interview is partially sponsored by 92.6 Hot Radio Underground Sound. Creative Minds Inspire. www.thekritta. F-I-L-E-S dot com. RabbitTacklives dot com. Psycho Cider. You can find them at www.sipsycho.com. I want to thank Polo by Ralph Lauren and Roberto Cavalli for keeping me spiffy. And I want to thank you for listening in to my conversation because at the end of the day that's all this is two people talking and you're listening in this has been Danny Easy D. Dorman I'll see you on the other side peace